Welcome to another informative episode of the No Harm Health and Safety Podcast. Rick Lang, Manager, Novice Operations, AMA Driver Education. You've got three major controls of the vehicle. Number one is steering, number two is braking, number three is accelerating. In winter driving conditions, the last thing you wanna do is do two at once. So do all your braking in a straight line, come off the brake, do your steering. Get back to a straight line, do your acceleration, and therefore you reduce the chance of going into a collision and ask it. No Harm is the podcast for health and safety professionals like you. We're here to help you sharpen your professional skills and better understand emerging issues. So a good driver in the summertime will have a two to three second following distance. In the wintertime, especially that first number of snowfalls, I would extend that to four, five, or six seconds. If you have somebody tailgating you, a good driver will extend that following distance in front even more. Therefore, if the vehicle in front has to slam his foot on the brake, you don't have to. You can gently pry your brake, forcing the vehicle to slow down behind you, therefore reducing the chance of a rear-end collision. Sounds like a great topic. Let's get started. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the No Harm Health and Safety Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Marvin Polis. Now, for this episode, I'm at the offices of the Alberta Motor Association, and I'm talking to Rick Lang. He's the manager of Novice Operations here at the AMA. What we're going to be talking about today is winter driving. It's all part of our series, our occasional series on uh, safety moments. We wanted to uh, really bring you a message today that you can take home, that you can use in your toolbox talks, your safety meetings, and where people can take this message home and not only be safer on the job, but be safer everywhere they go. So Rick, thanks for having me. No problem at all. Good to be here. Now, Rick, I understand that one of your responsibilities is that uh, the driving school for the AMA reports to you. That is correct. We have the largest driving school in Alberta. Some people say in North America, we've got about 150 instructors on the road at any one particular time. Okay, so you know winter driving and everybody here knows about winter driving. Now, there is snow on the ground, winter is here. This causes a bit of a paradigm shift. So what are some of the things that you want to point to? Number one is we've had a few little mother nature warnings that winter is coming and these are set to give us a change in our mindset. We've been driving in summer conditions for six months or perhaps longer. Now we have to make that shift to a winter driving attitude. And sometimes it's easier to do the preparing the vehicle than it is preparing the driver. But keep in mind, it's gonna take you longer to destination. So slow down, relax, enjoy the drive. Did you say enjoy the drive? Enjoy the drive. Hey, you're gonna be behind the wheel for an extended period of time in winter conditions. When we had first snowfall last week, instead of a 30 minute drive to work, it took me over an hour to get to work. So there's no sense trying to rush anywhere yet. Might as well sit back and enjoy. So I guess one of your first pieces of advice would be, don't be in a hurry. Do what you can to adjust your schedule at home before you leave for work or wherever you happen to be going. Exactly, if you got the opportunity to leave a little bit earlier, take that time. Less traffic on the road, better winter driving conditions. If you're stuck leaving at the particular time because you got children in daycare, whatever the case may be, it's gonna take you longer to get to work in that rush hour and longer to get home in that afternoon rush hour. So relax. Great. Now, some of the things that we're going to be talking about here are perhaps stating the obvious, but it's remarkable how 
how many of us can really forget these things uh, when winter driving happens. And, uh, you know, let's talk about, for instance, keeping a safe distance. So let's talk about what a good driver can do. And I'm going to sum up this whole conversation by saying be as good a driver as you think you are. So a good driver in the summertime will have a two to three second following distance. In the wintertime, especially that first number of snowfalls, I would extend that to four, five, or six seconds. If you have somebody tailgating you, a good driver will extend that following distance in front even more. Therefore, if the vehicle in front has to slam his foot on the brake, you don't have to. You can gently pry your brake, forcing the vehicle to slow down behind you, therefore reducing the chance of a rear-end collision. What else needs to be said about braking? There is the issue of, of stopping distance, but, uh, you know, threshold braking, anti-lock brakes? Okay, brakes are your biggest friend or your worst enemy in the wintertime. If you're on glare ice, the last thing you want to do is jam on that brake. So what you want to do is plan your braking well in advance wherever practical. The controversy, do I pump my brakes, do I threshold brake, do I use anti-lock brakes? Simple answer is pumping the brakes went out in the 60s, so we don't want to do that anymore. So the best thing we can teach today is threshold braking, which is maximum pedal pressure to the point just shy of lockup. If you go that little bit too far and you definitely want to come to a stop and the anti-lock brakes engage, keep your foot on the brake, bury your foot in that brake pedal so the anti-lock brakes keep engaged. It's going to make a whole lot of noise. There are going to be vibrations coming through your pedal, but that is the quickest way to stop in that condition. So threshold braking even with anti-lock brakes? Exactly. Threshold braking is, you know, the human putting maximum pedal pressure in and you've got very small muscles in your foot and calf and you can really control the amount of pressure you put on the brake. Unfortunately, when the computer takes over, it says I'm going to put maximum pedal pressure down and it's going to pump the brakes as fast as not humanly possible, computer possible, but it will extend your stopping distance where threshold braking will minimize your stopping distance. Great. Now, while we're on the topic of braking, talk to me about how the tires on your car affect your stopping distance. A lot of people think that all-season tires are will get you by in an Edmonton winter. Unfortunately, it will not. At a temperature of plus 7 degrees Celsius, the rubber compounds really get stiff and hard in a all-season tire, and they don't grip the road surface, whether you've got bare pavement or snow or ice, whatever. So the best thing to do is go to a, a, a all-winter tire, or even better yet, ice tire. They have much softer rubber compounds, and they grip the road surface much better. Plus, there's a lot of siping on the road to the actual grip the road surface, no matter what it is, a whole lot better than an all-season tire. They uh, reduce your stopping distance, sometimes by up to 25%, depending on the road and weather conditions. Okay, so in part, it's about the tread, and in part, it's about the rubber compound being appropriate for the, uh, the temperature of the pavement. Now, I have studded tires on my vehicle. What needs to be said about studded tires? Studded tires will give you the best traction available of all. The only downside of studded tires is some jurisdictions don't allow you to use them during certain periods of time. Plus, they are much noisier going down the road. But if you're on glare ice, the best tire combination is a studded winter tire. Now, I have noticed that my tires are a little bit noisier than normal winter tires, but for me, I don't mind because I feel safer. Now, speaking of feeling safer, my vehicle is all-wheel drive. I'm invincible, right? 
simple answer is not really. Let's take a look at an all-wheel drive vehicle. Normally, they are their sport utility or pickup truck type, so they're a little higher than other vehicles, especially sport utilities. They are a little softer in suspension. So you're going down the road, and all of a sudden, you've got to come to a stop. So you put your foot on the brake. You have weight transfer to the front, meaning that back end of the vehicle is going to lighten up. And if you brake too hard, what it does is the vehicle wants to rotate around the mass, which is the engine, and you see a lot of sport utility vehicles go into the ditch backwards. So if you're driving this type of vehicle, make sure you've got the proper winter tires on. Avoid braking harshly, especially under winter driving conditions. Drive at a speed appropriate for conditions. You may be able to get going a little bit quicker. You may be able to go around a corner a little bit quicker, but physics will tell you you cannot stop any quicker than any other vehicle on the road because it's just those four rubber patches between you and the road surface is the total control that you have. Now I have a bit of an oddball question for you. How is it that a Zamboni can have good traction on the ice? They're moving at extremely slow speeds, a lot of weight on there, and they're shaving that ice surface. They got tons of control. Put that on the road at highway speeds, and you're going to behave like any normal truck. And I think that uh, one of the things that you notice about a Zamboni, and it's a really a way that we should all drive, is they aren't going fast around the corners. They slow down a lot before they come to the corners, and really that's something we should all be doing, right? Absolutely. You've got three major controls of the vehicle. Number one is steering, number two is braking, number three is accelerating. Those are what you can manipulate as a driver. In winter driving conditions, the last thing you want to do is do two at once. So do all your braking in a straight line, come off the brake, do your steering. Get back to a straight line, do your acceleration, and therefore you reduce the chance of going into a collision and uh, skid. Another thing that we all need to, uh, to really deal with is that on those snowy days, especially those days when it's snowing hard and, and the snow is melting on your wind windshield, it can also ice up. Do you have uh, tactics for that? Uh, number one is use some really good windshield washer solution that is good to about minus 35 and therefore it's less likely to freeze in the windshield. You get sprayed with uh, slush from other vehicles that can spray on your windshield. If you see a wall of slushy water coming towards you, activate the windshield wipers and washers before that hits you and it will clean it off real quick. Okay, now this is perhaps stating the obvious, but it is remarkable that during the wintertime you do see people driving around and they have not cleaned the snow off of the hood of their car, the roof of their car. What needs to be said about that? It's really interesting that vision is 97% of the information we need as a driver and drivers will just do one pass of the windshield wiper blades and hey, they think they're really good to go. So you have effectively reduced your vision by probably 50%, if not even more. So a good driver, what they really do is walk around the vehicle after they start it and scrape off all of the snow and ice off of all surfaces. Don't just take it off the front and rear windows. Take it off the hood of the vehicle, the roof of the vehicle. If you break and you get snow on the roof of your vehicle, it could come down onto the windshield and therefore you reduce your visibility. Make sure that uh, the windows are clean inside and out. A lot of people think winter driving is just a problem with traction. No, it's a problem with visibility also. You've got too much sun, you've got not enough sun, you've got glare, you've got fog, you've got snow. Be as good a driver as you think you are, keep those windshields and all windows clean. 
And something that I also do is I make sure that my headlights are clean of snow. I make sure that my taillights are cleared of snow as well because I'm concerned about other people being able to see me and being able to understand what I'm doing. You bring up an excellent point, Marv, where a lot of people just run with their daytime running lights on, which is adequate on a nice sunshiny day. But as soon as they get into adverse weather or atmospheric conditions and people just run with their daytime running lights on, the taillights and the marker lights are not on. How many times have you seen a ghost vehicle going down the road at dusk or dawn or sometimes right in the dead of night where people think they've got their headlights on because the dash lights are illuminated but nothing's on the back end and it's very difficult to see these people. So a good driver will always turn their headlights on. Well said. Okay, one more devil's advocate question and then I think I need to let you go. Now, with respect to speed limits, speed limits uh good for all conditions, right? Well, speed limits are for optimum weather and road conditions. Now, when the conditions deteriorate through snow, ice, whatever the case may be, a good driver will always reduce their speed to travel at a speed appropriate for conditions. Number one, so they can stop in the distance they clearly see ahead. And if it's really icy out, slow down well before any stops are required, any curves required. Drive at a speed where you know you can control your vehicle. Drive for the conditions of the road. We are Canadians. We should know these things. And we should also know about Zambonis, right? Absolute. As a true Canadian, hey, that's where we live. Thanks. I think we should head off to the hockey game now. What do you say? No problem at all. Let's go. Thanks for tuning in to the No Harm Health and Safety Podcast. Be sure to join us next time by subscribing to us for free on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave a rating or review. It helps others find us. And hey, be sure to tell your friends and colleagues who can benefit from our podcast. The No Harm Health and Safety Podcast is a production of Stimulant Strategies and Stimulant Media Productions. You can learn more about us at stimulant.ca. All the best, everyone, and stay safe.